welcome to ATL in 29, the podcast that looks at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. My name is Kevin Chouinard. On today's guest, we host Larry Luke, who is a member of the Hawks sixth man section and a general sneakerhead, and we talk Hawks, Falcons, sneakers, and a few other topics. Today's episode is brought to you by Poli Mortgage Group. Poli Mortgages, rates, integrity, service. Stop calling. 
ask you, uh, if you could pick uh, a piece of NBA merchandise, uh, a jersey, something else from eBay for one of your favorite retired players, who would you pick? Um, it'd have to be um, a Michael Jordan All-Star jersey. Um, I forget what year it was, but it was the one where they played the San, uh, San Antonio, the teal guy with the oh, yeah. chili pepper on it. Just <laughs> the most ridiculous jersey, but I'd love to have that framed and hung up uh, in my basement. Outstanding. All right. Uh, I'd like to take you through our 100 to 200 segment now. Uh, the idea here being that we're looking for some sort of uh, – scorchy opinion between 100 degrees Fahrenheit and 200 degrees Fahrenheit. So I would ask you first, uh, what's the opinion that you brought for us today and why do you think that? Uh, my opinion is that Paul Millsap absolutely should have been included as an all-star and he was and I think that that was the right decision um, over Joel Embiid. Just his usage rate so much when he's out there but you know he hasn't been out there for you know enough games enough minutes to really be counted as as an all-star and you know I think I've pointed this out but the one thing I found curious among the 76ers fans who went ballistic was that they came for Paul Millsap at all when I really think they should have probably targeted Paul George but that's another matter but with <laughs> that in mind yeah I mean Paul, Paul's a soft-spoken guy he doesn't get a lot of shine league-wide, um, and that's probably why they thought he was an easy target, but um, I'm here to defend him. Yeah, and they looked at the almighty points-per-game numbers and said, wait, not 20? And they <laughs> used that too, right? Right. So I'm, I'm with you on this boat, and so we're probably both going to stay low in the numbers on this one, but I'd say that's like a 110 because he absolutely positively did deserve it. How would you have scored it? Uh, probably around that. I know that there are a lot of people that made their lists of who should have made All-Star, and Millsap was left off of a bunch of those, so um, I bet those people would be willing to argue with us a little bit <laughs> if they were in the room. That's fair enough. Yep, I got to agree. Uh, if we'd had somebody here from Philadelphia, this would have gone much, much differently. Too bad. Too bad, guys. Sorry, Billy. <laughs> All right, so as I mentioned before, you are a member of the Hawks' sixth man section. How many years yeah. have you been doing that? Oh man, uh, it has to be it has to be like six or seven um, seasons now. Um, ever since ever since the six man started, I've been a member of it. Um, okay. And some people think we're crazy for standing up and cheering the whole game, but I'll just say there's no better way to watch a Hawks win. Um, just high five.
secrets. <laughs> yeah, I kind of do the same thing, you know. I mean, last few years, I'm, I'm a huge Paul Millsap fan, as you probably know. So um, I come in and tell him why I love Paul and wear my jersey and um, get really excited for the for that time. Uh, you know, there's there are routinely some very interesting chants that that come from the sixth man section. What are some of your favorites over the years? Um. chants in the pregame are often just player names. What's the best reaction you've gotten when you've, you've said somebody's name like that? Um, Dwight's starting to really like it, so he plays up to it. Uh, we do this roll call chant for every player on the roster, and you know, even 10-day guys or uh, guys that have just joined the team. Um, we make sure we try to include everyone. Um, and usually, uh, if they hear us, scoops for that, that people wouldn't expect to know about the, the sixth man section? Uh, we have this thing that we've been doing for a few years and it started kind of like with the people that I, that I sit with but it starts to permeate throughout. We do this backwards high five for every made uh, basket. Um, so that's like a shot from like back of your hand or like a backwards motion so it's just like the back of your hand hitting the other person the back of the other person's hand um i started doing it because i have sweaty hands (laughs) and it's easier to do that um but also it's kind of a like reverse the curse kind of motion so the idea is if we do enough backwards high fives like we won't be cursed anymore and we'll we'll get a we'll get a big player or we'll finally break through and I guess the year that it started was our 60 year, our 61 season, so um, that was kind of uh, a good reverse the curse kind of moment at the time. So, all right. Also, very germ sanitary. If we do a backwards high five, you probably won't get. I won't cold. get sick from you right now. Yeah. 
Oh, I was going to mention that uh, that 60-win season because, you know, two days from now will be the, uh, the two-year anniversary of the Hawks starting five being announced as the January 2015 Player of the Month. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think of the, uh, the January 2017 Hawks? What have you seen from the Hawks season? How do you make any sense of what's going on here? Um, it's kind of all over the place. I mean, they started the season well.
Alright, so I know that you're a sneakerhead, uh, but I, I am not. <laughs> oh, don't. Oh, don't make me laugh. You're laughing at yourself. <laughs> so, oh man. Alright, keep it together here. So, what I wanted to ask you was, uh, I wanted to ask you how you stay in the shoe game. Like, what, what was the beginning of your involvement in, in love of shoes and things of that nature? And how do you stay in it at this point? I mean, I've, I've been into sneakers since I was a little kid. I would say Andre Agassi was, like, who I looked at when I was younger. I mean, he changed okay. tennis as far as look and feel goes and the way you play. And uh, I thought his sneakers were so cool. Um, that's when I really tuned in to the sneaker world. Okay, you got to refresh my memory. What were these shoes? I, I um, should remember them, but I don't. the AirTech Challenge. Um, he had several models of them, but back in the early 90s, they were all fluorescent. Uh, Hot Lava was one of the colorways, <laughs> and then another one is like this, I forget what they call it, Sonic Yellow, but it's kind of the 90s version of what our Volt is today. Okay. So I always notice when he's wearing something. 
this year I've seen them in Jordans, uh, even retro Jordan ones, oh. the originals. Um, he was wearing some blue, a storm blue retro Jordan ones when we did the Pistol Pete night. Okay. Uh, Pistol Pete throwback jerseys. So blue sneakers to match the blue jersey. I thought that was really cool. Uh, a lot of players won't wear like that old of shoes. Um, wait, sure wait, Tabo. Oh yeah, Tabo. Tabo's super interesting. still you getting into that same era yeah you know like nobody wears nobody wears those to run much less play professional basketball <laughs> anymore so that's really just wild and i love i love like especially in the sneaker world like blogs like nice kicks or even complex um, or soul collector will do a little, a little featurette like on tabo sevaloche's air max ones you know that he's playing basketball <laughs>
so that's kind of what's going on with Nike and Adidas and then with the Under Armour thing and their stock their stock dropped like significantly this week which was kind of shocking um, but that probably has a lot to do with the fact that they're not making cool clothes to wear off the court or okay. off the, off the, the um, whatever the playing surface it, it might be right and, and Steph's Steph Curry's shoes just isn't as popular these days either. Um, two years ago, he was the, the coolest guy on the planet. Um, right. They couldn't keep his shoes on the shelves, but that that seems to have um, tailed off quite a bit. Do you think that they, he kind of cannibalized his own market by bringing a signature Nike guy onto his and own team? bringing KD over? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm interested to hear behind closed doors, like, what the
most important part of the show. Okay. Help, help, help outfit the old man. What, what's, okay. what's a good shoe, let's say, for theoretically a uh, 45-year-old uh, white man uh, of uh, average build and weight? Well, what are you looking to do? Well, okay, so, so I, I was going to ask you for two different shoes. One is just going to be if I want to go play basketball at the gym, and then the other would be uh, let's say uh, I had an occupation where I would go to Phillips Arena in um, uh, dress casual. Uh, <laughs> if I, if I theoretically had that kind of job, what, what might I wear? Does this have anything to do with Olivia Harlan's tweet? That you uh, no, no, for? no. Okay, yeah, we can go back to that too. Um, okay, well, let's let's start with playing basketball. Like, you can go and get. Yeah, so so for, for playing basketball, I've been playing in a pair of KDs, and they, they seem to have, I don't know, it's a KD8, I think, and it mm-hmm. has like a nice wide base, which which I kind of like, but, you know, going back to, to the dress casual thing, like if you were wearing the same kind of shoes that you might wear with a pair of joggers, you know, is, is Adidas catching up to Nike in that niche? 
Catalan. What's cool is Adidas has lately been dipping into their vault and finding like old models that were popular, but then modernizing them. Okay. And putting boost technology into them, and people have been really responding. Like the design is nice. Um, they don't try to do too much, and um, I think it's pretty much understood that the purpose of wearing that model is to like go watch a basketball game, not okay. go play a basketball. Sure. Game. Sure. It doesn't hurt that they see people like Kanye West walking around wearing wearing the shoes. Uh, so I would say on the influencer tip, they're really killing it right now. And on the culture side, they're really killing it. Um, as far as like basketball shoes go, I would say like their new their new James Harden model isn't up to par with like what what Nike's putting out on the basketball right. court. It's just not there. Like it's not it's not made as well. take a minute to talk about today's sponsor, Poli Mortgage Group. Poli Mortgage Group encourages people to shop rates when they're looking to refinance or buy a new home. They have some of the lowest rates in the country and some of the lowest closing costs too. They'll even give you a quote where they'll credit you money towards the closing costs or cover all of them. Check them out at www.polimortgage.com. That's www.polimortgage.com or call 781-232-8000. Make sure to tell them that ATL and 29 sent you to receive a credit of $50 towards your closing costs. Offers cannot be combined with other offers. Uh, as an Atlanta sports fan, uh, how much are you looking forward to the Super Bowl? And what have you seen going on around the city as fans get into the anticipation of this week? Oh, man. I mean, obviously I want the Falcons to win. I think that that just do so much for our city as a whole um, just getting people to believe in Atlanta getting people to move here wanting to stay um, maybe have some economic impact so like bigger than football like it would just be a big win for Atlanta um, and just driving around the city these days and seeing everyone with their Falcons flags in their window or seeing the bootleg dudes on the corner selling like Falcons gear that they printed last night um, it just has a good vibe to it. And, you know, I just love, I love it when the city rallies around something or there's like a big cultural moment that Atlanta's proud of. Um, and this week it's, it's felt great. You know, the other examples I can think of are when Outkast did their uh, reunion concert at Centennial. Um, like the city was just alive uh, during that summer. Maybe even like the Hawks' uh, 60 win season. I just remember that January was awesome. And then um, going into the playoffs and when they beat the Wizards, it was just. I'd walk down Peachtree Street and just see people in Hawks shirts. And it was just like, you know, hell yeah. Like, I wanted to, to high five people. I guess now it's rise up, right? Everywhere you go, everyone's like, rise up. And it just feels really good to be part of, part of something like that in Atlanta. Yeah, and I think there's a. a Vault's um, recognition that, that that people just put down Atlanta sports fans in general as as being bad sports fans, and that's probably not fair. And I think what you have to take into consideration there is that there hasn't been that much to root for. I mean, there are loyal core fans of all these teams, but those 
teams also don't get a lot of shine on the national stage because they haven't won enough to get there. Sure. Yeah, I mean, we haven't won, and that's that's probably why it's tough to be a fan like myself. Um, And I don't expect people to go to all the Hawks games like I do. I don't expect people to buy season tickets for anything unless unless they're winning. I mean, that's just like anywhere else, I feel like. Um, We just don't have that legacy. Fair takes on Atlanta and Atlanta fans. Like we're we're here. I mean, I don't know if you watched that Packers game when we played them, but I would. I was there, and it felt like there were five percent or less Green Bay fans. Wow! There. Like that building was all red and black, and that's something that you wouldn't have seen before. Uh, usually, it's like sixty forty Packers fans in there, um, and it wasn't that way. really great you know I think especially about the downtown events you know Falcons and, and the, you know not the Braves will lose this probably uh, but for the Falcons and Hawks is that you know you get this great cross-section of people of different ages and different races and different genders and it's just you know I think there's a there's a better cross-section of different people from different places at an Atlanta sports event than you will see in most places yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, that goes back to what I was saying about our, the sixth man section at the Hawks games. I mean, we're we're a group of, like, the most diverse cross-section of Atlanta represented in 100 people. And it's amazing. Like, my friend Becca, she comes to the games, and she brings her textbooks. And she's, she's, she's <laughs> in college right now. And she studies before the games. She studies at halftime and after. Wow. And I'm like, I <laughs> admire your dedication not only to your education, but, like, to the Hawks. Sure. That's totally awesome. That's impressive. And and uh, that's just – I'm going to have to edit that segue because I had nothing. <laughs> okay. Uh, to shift gears for a second, um, to, to go from a, a good cross-section of society to one that's maybe uh, less heartening, and, and that is uh, – Donald Trump signed the executive order this week that instituted a travel ban uh, for non-citizens from seven predominantly Muslim countries. And so with the Hawks, you know, they have a young man who is Muslim, who is a citizen of another country, and who has to travel an awful lot. And so I asked Dennis Schroeder what he thought about uh, that particular policy. Trump signed that executive order that made it difficult for people from seven different countries, predominantly Muslim, to travel into the U.S. Do you have any opinion on that? I mean, it's tough, you know. He's the president, you know, he tried to change some things, but I think it's not going, you know, through. Still, you know, people above him who decided (laughs) some stuff, but, you know, at the end of the day, you can never control, you know, what Trump is going to do or what he's not going to do, so... It is what it is, but my opinion, I mean, to not lead, you know, the Sudanish people or even Muslim people in the country is just, I don't know, unnecessary. Okay, so you get a sense from Dennis, I think, that, you know, there is a little bit of resignation that, you know, he doesn't, 
feel particularly empowered there and that while he doesn't agree with it that maybe here's, there's not that much that he can do about it and I think that's probably a little bit depressing yeah I mean it's got to be a helpless feeling you know for, for I mean he's 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 living out like the best career years of his life right now and he should be focused on like enjoying being a young basketball star in this league and he's got to worry about this kind of thing he's got to just not something that like we ever thought we would have to think about and right i know i think the bucks have like thon maker and they're kind of concerned about like what his uh travel how his travel might get affected especially if they go play in toronto or sure um so yeah i think luol deng and thon maker and i i think they're both uh gonna be exempted because i think maker has Australian citizenship and Deng has played for the British national team and he's a British citizen but they were born in the Sudan and and that policy you know could easily have pertained to them if they didn't have those citizenships and that would have been that would have probably you know at least from a sporting side of things put a broad spotlight on it yeah I mean I'm surprised that there there aren't more um, stories coming out about athletes that might be affected I mean I guess for me, you know, I pay attention to sports so much, but like, uh, I, <laughs> this kind of leads to the bigger conversation I've seen where people are like, "Well, stick to sports, don't talk about politics." And right, and like, the, but this can't this really pertains. do that anymore. Yeah, really, it's, like the we're, we're we're living in a completely different world these days, and um, these things permeate into each other. And, right, um, maybe that's not a bad thing. Yeah, and while this policy doesn't directly affect Schroeder, he has to be able to look at it and say. You know, it doesn't affect me, but if they were going to try to take it one step further, it, it might. Would, yeah. Yeah. Um, that yeah, it's just it's just too bad. It's just too bad that this. Um, there's like so much going on that people are being are are outraged about and um, watching it affect and permeate into something that we're looking at usually as entertainment. Um, it's like there's there's no like. There's no safe place to turn these days, you know. Right. Like I used to turn to basketball to forget about my problems, but you know, like it's affecting basketball. So. Sure, sure. All right, enough with that. Rise up. Rise up. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for joining us, Larry. Thanks for having me. It's been a thrill. Hopefully, right. in two days, we'll be able to say that that we discussed the future uh, NFL Super Bowl winning Falcons on our podcast. <laughs> that would be really cool to have uh, predicted correctly. All right, man. Have a good one. Thanks. Bye. And thanks to our sponsor, Poli Mortgage Group. Poli Mortgage's rates, integrity, service.